sinner is me. I uh, am truly thankful, sincerely, to be here. I have just enjoyed being here so much. I enjoyed the fellowship last night. And uh, so thankful to have officially been able to meet Brother John and Kathy and all of you. I've, I've uh, heard of you for so long. And it's just been so wonderful to be here. I'm thankful for the opportunity. I pray the Lord will meet with us and bless us and uh, allow us to truly rejoice in the fact that, as our brother just said, how thankful are we every single day for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? How great. How, how, what hope it brings to a sinner in need of a Savior. I'd like for you to turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. If you look with me at the last verse, verse 11, it says, Be glad in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord. That's the title of this message. Be glad in the Lord. Be happy in the Lord. I pray that the Lord will cause us to be happy. That's what I that's what I hope happens today. That's what I hope we leave here with a, with in our hearts. Happiness, gladness. This whole psalm, this is a beautiful prayer to God. And this is a beautiful answer from God. That's what this psalm is. As we read through this, we'll see it. This is a prayer to Him. And this is an answer from Him. This is a prayer that every child of God can pray from the depth of his soul or her soul. And it begins with this truth right here. This is where our happiness is going to begin. If you look with me at verse 1, it says, Psalm 32 verse 1 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Does that make anybody glad? Blessed is He. Blessed is she. That's what could have been cried as our Lord exited that tomb. Covered. Covered. Forgiven. Blessed. Blessed. So blessed. That's what I want us to get a hold of. In Christ, we're so blessed. In the Lord, we're so blessed. People are always talking about being blessed. They say things like, I have been so blessed with good health. Or I've been so blessed with a good job. I have been blessed with a good home life. A good wife, a good family, good friends. Just a good inner feeling. Just blessed. Just so, so blessed. 
blessed. Material things and such on and so forth. Blessed. A very common way of saying goodbye now is have a blessed day. And what that means is I hope you have a prosperous day. And although I I want all of that for people, I'm not against any of that. I'm really not. None of those things are the great blessing from God. None of those things. Although He is the giver of all of those things, if we do have wonderful health, He gave it to us. Whatever we have, He gave it to us. There are blessings that He gives to people. He's the giver of all these things. What do we have that we haven't received from Him? He's the giver of it. And they're great blessings. But none of those things are the great blessing of God Almighty to His people. None of those things. The great blessing. The true blessing. The blessing of God that carries eternal significance is... Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Transgressions are what we do. Sin is what we are. Brother, I enjoyed that song you just sang about Let's go come with me and let's see why Christ died on Calvary. Let's not just see that He died on Calvary. Everybody knows that He died on Calvary. The question is, why did He die on Calvary? Here's the reason why. I had transgressions that needed to be forgiven. I had sin that needed to be covered. I did. Transgressions are what we do. Sin is what we are. We commit transgressions because in the flesh, sin is all that we are. You know, in the garden, man fell. The flesh fell. Our Lord told Adam, in the day that you eat of that fruit, you'll die. And that translates dying, you'll die. And I keep aging and I keep getting spots and I keep getting wrinkles and I keep getting sick and I keep getting all of these things that are causing me to dying. Eventually, one of these days, I'm going to die. Why? Sin. Sin. If you want to know if a person is a sinner, just wait and see if he dies or she dies. In Adam, all die. Because of the sin of one man... It was passed unto all men and women, and the wages of sin is death. In our flesh, because we are what we are, and because we do what we do, naturally we're cursed. Didn't our Lord say, Cursed is the ground, cursed is all things? Not blessed, but cursed. We need to be honest before God right now because we're going to have to be in the day that He 
calls us to stand before Him at His judgment throne. Honesty has to come. Wisdom is bringing that honesty before Him right now. And if we do, He is causing us to do that. It's His goodness and mercy that causes us to have an honest heart before Him. But here's the reality. I just, I'm not going to... I said we're going to be happy, and we are, but here's the reality. We've got to understand the reality to understand the happiness. In this sinful flesh, if men and women were honest and spoke the truth concerning their condition, if we honestly told people, here's the truth of my condition, we would have no choice to say, but to say, how are things going? You have to say, oh, we're so cursed. We're just so cursed. Everything is just so cursed just because of everything that we've brought on ourselves. You know, we, we want to convince ourselves and convince each other that we're not as bad as we really are. But all we have to do is go into the honesty of our own minds. Just go into the honesty of your own personal mind. Just look at what's in there. Honestly. Knowing God sees it all. He sees my mind. He sees my heart. Oh, we're just so before Him in His eyes. Not before each other. But in His eyes, we're so condemned. We're so exposed. We're so convicted. And had God left us alone, we would have died in our cursed condition. We would have spent eternity bearing a judgment and a punishment that we could never fulfill. Do you know why Christ arose from the grave? I think it's wonderful to have a day to celebrate His resurrection. Let's have 365 of them every year. Amen. Do we know why Christ arose from the grave? Here's the reason why. It's because He fulfilled the condemnation and punishment of God Almighty on our sin. Outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, a soul will never rise from eternal condemnation and punishment and death because man in his sinful flesh does not have the ability to ever satisfy God. Never. But this man, when he by himself endured that punishment, took that sin, and paid that debt. God the Father, can you imagine? Can you imagine what the Holy God did to my thoughts? These thoughts right here. When all these thoughts were pulled out of this mind and laid on the Lord Jesus Christ, all that wickedness out of this heart right here, all those feelings, when all that was pulled out and pressed into Him. And oh, He cried, My soul is sorrowful even, even unto death. And God Almighty just, oh, He just punished my thoughts. And He punished my heart. And He punished my deeds. And He punished sin. Christ bore it all to its fullness to the point that God the Father said, I am satisfied. That's a satisfactory judgment. That's a satisfactory punishment on everything that that man has done. Raise him from the grave. 
That is why, that is why for a sinful soul before God, which I am, one thing truly constitutes the great blessing from God. One thing is needful. That is the forgiving, covering blood of the Lamb of God. For God so loved, He gave. He gave the great blessing to all the sinners He chose to save. Every one of them. His elect, as you said. All of His people that He gave to His only begotten Son, Christ. Every time I say this, it amazes me. When I enter into how much sin is in me, you don't know my sin and I don't know your sin, but I know that you came from the same father I came from, Adam. And when I think about all of my sin, and I think about all of your sin, and I think about all of the sin of all of His people from all over this world, out of every tribe, kindred, nation, tongue, all generations, what a price. What a price. But our Lord, He took it, He bore it, He wore it, and He made Himself to be cursed for His people. They were cursed. And He made Himself to be cursed. The Scripture says, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. What did our Lord do? He came down to this place and hung on a tree for His people. He made Himself to be exposed for them. He made Himself to be convicted for them. He made Himself to be condemned for them. And He died in our cursed condition. And He fulfilled the fullness of God's punishment and God's wrath. And He put every sin and every transgression and every spot of iniquity, He put it away forever. Forever. Never to be brought up again. Now that's a blessed man. Do you have things that you've done in your past that you hope are never brought up ever again? Do you have things that you just hope somebody doesn't find out about or finally fess up on you? For all eternity, they're put away. They're put away. Now, in all sincerity, like I was talking about what the average person sees to be a blessing from God. I truly do want all of us to have happy days rather than sad days. I do. I want us to have enough money rather than not enough money. I want us to have good home lives rather than bad home lives. And such on and so forth. But honestly, what difference do those things really make if our eternal state before God is forever settled in heaven? What difference do those this this short this life is a vapor? Eternity is forever. Verse one says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
verse 2 says, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth. I love that word. I love that word. The word imputeth means, this is what it means. It means acknowledges the condition to be. It does not mean make to be that way. It doesn't mean that. It does not mean apply to. It means assesses the condition and acknowledges this is the way it is. This is the current condition. That's what the word impute means. The Bible dictionary refers to it this way. If you look it up, it says the word deals in reality. And it gives an example in the Bible dictionary. It says, if you impute that your bank account has $25 in it, then your bank account has $25 in it. Otherwise, you're deceiving yourself. That's what it means, alright? I impute that this is a stained wood pulpit. I didn't stain it. I didn't build it. I'm not doing anything to it. I'm just acknowledging the condition of it. I impute this is what I see. This is what it is. Alright, now. Look with me at verse 2 again. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth. Not iniquity. Not iniquity. Not iniquity. Not iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no God. I just love this verse of Scripture. Turn with me to Jeremiah 50. Jeremiah 50. I just I thank God for this verse of Scripture. So glorious. Jeremiah 50. Look with me at verse 20. In those days and in that time, saith the Lord, saith the Lord, the iniquity of Israel shall be sought for and there shall be none. It's not that they're not going to go, let's turn a blind eye and just don't look that way anymore. God Almighty said, search it out. Go looking for it. Go look for the sin of My people. And they all come back and report, what did you find? Not iniquity. No sin. There is none. It goes on to say, "...and the sins of Judah, and they shall not be found, for I will pardon them whom I reserve." 
My elect, the ones I've chosen to redeem, they will be pardoned of all their sins. Their sins will forever be put away, never to be found again, because they're gone. They're gone. Go with me back to Psalm 32. Verse 1 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Now David says in verse 3, When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer. We can hear the voice of our Lord in that as He was suffering in our stead on the cross of Calvary. We hear His voice as God Almighty dealt with Him with a heavy hand. But the voice of David also represents every child of God who is saying, Lord, I cannot not confess what I am to You. I cannot hide what I am from You. I don't want to hide anything from You. It eats at me. It eats at me. It weighs heavy on me. You know everything about me. You see me for what I am. That's what he said in Psalm 139. Turn with me over to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verse 1. It says, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. He said, every time I sit down, You know. Every time I stand up, You know. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid Thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from Thy Spirit? Or whither shall I flee from Thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, Thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, Thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall Thy hand lead me, and Thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from Thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike. You see everything. You see everything. So verse 23, he said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me 
and lead me in the way everlasting. What is the way everlasting? Jesus Christ. Not me anything. Not my walk. Not my... It's Jesus Christ. Lead me to Christ. Lead me in Christ. He's saying, Lord, we have nothing to hide from You. Never would we want to hide anything from You. We want You to search out all of our sin and redeem us from every last speck of it. Lord, redeem us from all our transgressions. Don't let one go unpaid. Isn't that our cry? Don't let one go unpaid. Purge every last thing. Please don't leave one spot on me. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lord, please wash me. Don't leave one spot on me. Go with me back to Psalm 32. Verse 5 says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. That deserves the Selah that David put right there. A pause. Let's just pause on that for a minute. That's a moment to dwell on that and just let it sink in. Verse 5, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. He said, I didn't do anything to redeem myself. I didn't bring anything of any value or any worth to you. I didn't earn anything. I didn't deserve anything. I just confessed what I was. That's all I did. And I said, whatever you choose to do with me, you're good and you're right in it. You're justified in whatever you're pleased to do. And He said right here, lo and behold, this is what He was pleased to do. He forgave me of all my sins. Oh, this is what I am. I'm just a sinner before you. And I'm at your mercy. And you do with me whatever you do with me because you're just and right and holy and good. I'm not, but you are. But I'm begging for mercy in the blood that you gave of your own will and heart and purpose and desire. Please cover me in the blood. David said, Lo and behold, he forgave all my sins. Don't you love the story of that leper who came to the Lord Jesus Christ saying, Lord, if You will, You can make me clean. Can't you see the countenance on our Lord's face as He said, I will. I sure will. Be thou clean. Hmm. That's amazing. It's just amazing grace. Verse 6 says, For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. If you are a sinner in need of mercy, like I am a sinner in need of mercy, if we are sinners in need of a Savior, let's seek the Lord while He may be found. How do we seek Him? Well, He said, I'm sought of them that ask not for me. I'm found of them that sought me not. 
I said, behold me. If we have a heart to seek Him, that's Him drawing us, calling us, saying, behold me. David said, when you said, seek my face, my heart cried, thy face, Lord, will I see. If we have a heart to seek the Savior of sinners, let's seek Him right now while He may be found. Let's call upon Him right now while He is near. That Scripture says, let the wicked forsake His way. Well, here's I think I need to straighten up and fly right and do good and post the Ten Commandments everywhere I look. and Let the wicked forsake His way. And let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and He'll have mercy upon him. And let him turn to our God. He will abundantly pardon. Verse 6, For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto Him. The temporary floods of this world not only may come, but they will come. They will. But the eternal floods of damnation, eternal damnation will never come near to a soul that Christ has redeemed from His sin. Never. Those those temporary floods, they will hit us and hit us. You'll you'll take one step forward and ten steps back. And you're going to think, when is this sin-filled life ever going to end? But the eternal floods of damnation, the eternal floods of condemnation for all of this sin, it will never overflow a soul that has been plunged in the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 7 says, Thou art my hiding place. I love the song. I'm sure you all have heard the song, Hail Sovereign Love. Do you know that song, Hail Sovereign Love? The the lyrics say, Hail Sovereign Love that first began the scheme to rescue fallen man. Hail matchless, free, eternal grace that gave my soul a hiding place. Against the God who rules the sky, I fought with hand uplifted high, despised the mention of His grace, too proud to seek a hiding place. But thus the eternal counsel ran, Almighty love, arrest that man. In spite of me. A few more rolling suns at most shall land me safe on Canaan's coast, and there I shall sing the song of grace to Jesus Christ, my hiding place. Amen. Verse 7 says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. That eternal trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. That's what we're going to sing throughout all eternity. That's our song right now, isn't it? It's always going to be songs of deliverance, songs of glory and honor to Christ our King and our God and our Ruler and our Sovereign and our Lord. Christ our King. Now that right there in Psalm 32, that was David's prayer to God. And I'm I'm wrapping up here. But 
this is God's answer to David. If you look with me at verse 8, He said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. This is what He said right there. I will, I will, you shall. Amen. I will instruct thee and teach thee in my word through the preaching of my word. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. Which way should a child of God go? Whichever way Christ is going. Wherever He goes, that's where we go. Wherever He is, wherever His people are, that's where we are. We follow Him. He said in verse 8, I will guide you with my all-seeing eye. Verse 9, Be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle lest they come near unto thee. He said, Don't resist. Come willingly. All of God's people do. Verse 10, He said, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Mercy through the gift of Christ. Forgiveness through His blood. Forgiveness and mercy. I want to tell you something that happened to me. and This is just... I tell everybody I can this because this is just precious. It's just precious. But there's a dear brother there in Kingsport and um, he, he started coming probably close to four years ago now. And the Lord has enabled us to have a little uh, program on television on Sunday mornings and he started watching that program. And he showed up one Sunday night and uh, I pulled up there to the church building and he was already sitting there and I was in my car and he got out of his car. He was looking in my car like, you know. And so I got out and when he saw me, he started laughing and he came up and shook my hand and he said, you don't know me. I know that. He said, but you're like seeing an old friend. And he said, I need to talk to you. And he said, I think you have some answers for me. And I said, well, I don't know. I'll try to point you to the Word. But anyway, this dear brother, especially initially, but even still, this dear brother, here's his problem. He's a sinner. And he knows it. That's his problem. And he, he is so worried over what, is God, what God is going to do to him because of his sin. He is so worried about his past sin that he has lived all of his life. This man is right at 70 years old. And he's worried about the sins that he can't stop committing right now. And he doesn't trust himself to stop sinning in the future. He's just a sinner and he's so worried about his sin. And he's coming constantly in the beginning, especially, what must I do? What do I need to do? And I told him, Danny, you look to the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ which covers our sin. Well, 
one Sunday morning, he came to me before we have like this, a Bible study and then a morning message. And he came to me before the Bible study and he grabbed me by the arm and pulled me into my office. And he was just, you know, he just the sin in his heart and in his mind and in his dreams at night. I'm just full of sin. And I said, Danny, here's what I want you to do. You pray to God in your heart and you cry out to Him and you beg Him for mercy. You just beg Him for mercy in the blood that Christ shed to cover your sin. Beg Him for mercy. And He said, mercy, okay. Mercy. Beg Him for mercy to cover my sin. Okay. So we went and had our Bible study. 30 minutes later, he grabs me by the arm. We're done. He grabs me by the arm. He pulls me into my office again and just is more serious than a heart attack. He looked me right in the eye and he said, how much mercy does God have for me? And I said, Danny, it's infinite. It'll never run dry. It starts over brand new every single morning. Amen. There's enough mercy to cover all of your sin and all of my sin for all of eternity. And this precious man started belly laughing. I mean, he was laughing so hard and so loud standing there in my office, people out there. He just started laughing. He had hold of my hand, just laughing. He said, that's the greatest news I've ever heard in my life. I said, me too. Me too. That's the greatest news I've ever heard in my life. Verse 10 says, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but they that trust in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Just mercy. Piles and heaps of mercy. So verse 11 says, Be glad in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Be glad in the Lord. Even if life on this earth doesn't reflect what most people see as a blessed life, even if our lives don't look like that, even if we can't say, well, I've been blessed with health, and we can't say, I've been blessed with all these things, a sin-forgiven child of God can and will be happy in the Lord Jesus Christ. Happy in the Savior who came and bled and died to put away all His sin. May the Lord create happiness in our hearts for that. Brother John, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been a privilege being here. Lord be with you.